Good morning. Can you hear me? We're good? All right, welcome. Welcome, church family. I'll remind you in advance to silence your phones. <laughs> I got the doors. As we gather this morning, could we please turn to Romans chapter 12? <laughs> Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 9. But love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Could you stand and pray? Dear Jesus, thank you for this morning. I pray that you will give us strength to do this in every area of our life, every relationship, every trial. I pray that you will strengthen us, guide us, Heavenly Father. I thank you for this morning. Bless this worship and bless the service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matthew 3.11 says, John the Baptist said, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This morning, we're about to do a couple of baptisms. And um, if you're new here, just want to let you know that baptism is a expression of faith, as an outward expression of an inward decision that you make to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with your life. There are a couple people this morning who has expressed uh, their faith to me that they would like to get baptized. And if you're here for the first time this morning and, and you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, uh, here's, we got some water and there's no, nobody stopping us to, or stopping you to, from following the Lord Jesus to baptize you, amen. So we're gonna do a couple baptisms. And after that, I asked uh, Dan and Beth if they would like to, um, get prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well and they said yes so if you're here and you're a believer I just want to instead of being a spectator I just want to ask you for to be a participator and just reach out your hands from where you're at and, and pray with me as they come up from the water and we'll pray for them in Jesus name amen I just have a couple of questions for you are you, first of all, are you here on your own will? In other words, nobody twisted your arms to be here right now. Is that correct? Yes. Did you, um, do you believe that uh, Jesus Christ came as the Son of God and died for your sins? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and died for my sins. Yes, I believe. Amen. Do you decide to give him your whole life and make him the Lord of your life and follow him? wherever he leads you. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, and I'm here to follow him. Amen. All right, at, at the confession of your faith, we will baptize you right now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Die with Christ and rise with Christ. Fill him up, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and fill him up. Fill him up in Jesus' name. Father, we speak power over his life. Holy Spirit, come. 
give him the power to be a witness, to be a witness wherever he goes, a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. For thank you, Lord, for giving him the dynamite power in Jesus' name, for filling him from the top of his head to the bottom of his foot in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you here on your own free will? Yes. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He came and He died for your sins. Yes, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and came to die for my sins. Do you decide to follow Him with all your life, with everything you got, make Him the Lord of your life? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, that's all we need to know. All right, why don't you just put your arms up like that? At the confession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Fill, fill her up, fill her up, fill her up right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill her up. Thank you, Lord, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to give her power to be a witness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving her direction. Thank you, Lord for breaking every curse in Jesus name breaking every curse thank you for freedom thank you Lord that the old is gone that the old is gone in Jesus name we pray in Jesus name amen anybody else who would like to get baptized Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for your mercy and for your grace. Lord, Lord God, we just thank you for this new decision that Beth and Dan has made. Thank you, Lord, for leading them, for calling them. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that's been drawing them. And it says, closer, come closer. There's more in store. Thank you, Lord, that you have a good plan for their lives and you will come bring it to fulfillment in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's what it's all about. Amen. Praise God. And if you ever have a chance, please talk to Dan and Beth. Uh, Beth shared their testimony, how God's been leading them over the last year and a half here. And it is powerful. She shared it at the Welcome Fellowship uh, last month. And it, it's awesome. You need to, need to hear that story because it's the story of what God's doing in people's lives. Amen? Let's give him one more loud. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And literally, I mean, when Peter said, if anybody else want to get baptized, you could right now. We, we have extra stuff with robes and stuff, warm stuff. I know it's a little riskier doing this in the winter than uh, during the summer. But, but uh, here's the thing, too, is if it's on your heart to be baptized, you don't have to wait till you know, the next quarter to do it. Well, we would set up the tub again next week if that's, uh, we're easy. You know, I, I've actually, way back when, I, I believed that and started speaking out that there would be a day when we'd be doing baptisms every day. Amen. 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 So praise God. Now, a couple of really fun ex uh, announcements. And that's really why I wanted to do the announcements today, because I wanted to share this real quick. And um, two things. Number one is, we, you know, our vision here is to plant churches. 
That's one of the, the you know, things that God has put in our heart is to, is to get people saved, train them up, but then it's to, to reach out into this region from, from Prescott, uh, pre I pointed the wrong direction, from Prescott all the way to Solon Springs, Wisconsin, the St. Croix River uh, goes through there, and then 100 miles in both directions. And right now we have three churches that are up and running and moving and, and, and work going forward, but this fall we literally have uh, three to four other churches that are in the works being ready to be planted. Now, the Impact Church, New Richmond, uh, RVFM Impact Church in New Richmond has begun. And I know we really didn't make a big deal of it, and I'm so sorry that we do it the weekend when Pastor John and Julie aren't here. Uh, they're the, they were here, but I wanted to announce both of these at the same time. But they actually started about four weeks ago, and they're, what they started doing was videotaping their service. And that was what God spoke, put, uh, spoke to him was to actually do four services, video them, and then we're going to start advertising on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and anywhere else they'll let us put it on there and then we can target it to certain uh, zip codes or area codes and we can they're literally launching the church online first and then they'll start to meet in person and so that actually began a month ago so I'm looking at that we, we started that church has started they've been having worship they've been he's been preaching a sermon giving an altar call uh, Pastor Karen's gotten saved twice in the last month and it's just you know it's wonderful how uh, what God's doing but it started online, so that's exciting. Now, we've been also praying and talking about that, you know, the church in St. Paul will be starting sometime this year. Well, things in this last week have taken a step forward. We are this close to signing the lease agreement with the, with the building in St. Paul. And so with that, I've asked uh, Vernon Mary, Pastor Vernon, well, it'd be Pastor Vernon Mary. There you go, coming, coming up. And uh, they're going to, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about it, but give, give Vern a, a big warm round journeys we're on a journey into East St. Paul and uh, we're our building is on our Cade Street and we target uh, the 5th of December as our start date the first service in that building that's tentative uh, on a number of things we're going to have a meeting right after the uh, service this morning with the leaders that are going to be heading up the, uh, the outreach there. As I've been praying about the outreach and uh, seeking God, and uh, my wife is here, and uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of seeking because it's his work, and we're servants to do his work. And uh, Arcade Street is uh, uh, different than Payne Avenue spiritually, but God is calling, uh, calling us into that area. And one of the things I heard in prayer, to know him and the fellowship of his suffering is, and uh, to know him and and the resurrection of his power. The power that will be demonstrated there is not by human beings, it's by them yielding to the power. Things in the inner city in most areas in the United States have changed spiritually. And that's the truth. And St. Paul is open, and I don't understand why, because it's a mystery, but I believe this ministry will be a demonstration of the Spirit with power. I believe that for the drug addict, the prostitute, and other wayward individuals, this will be an outstanding outreach of God's demonstration of the Spirit and His love for the lost. If we lay the foundation right in agape love, it never fails. If we treat the down and outer that they're up and overcomers, things are going to work in this church at a demonstration at his will and his designation with yielding leadership to that power.
We've seen the evil of power in, the, in the Wisconsin, in different cities, but God is not done with the church. God is not done with the body of Christ. God is going to demonstrate to the believers and to the lost what his power, what his righteousness can do versus what evil can do. And there's no matching power against God. If we'll walk in this power, in this anointing, it will break the yoke on the fentanyl addict, the drug addict, the prostitute, and the people that are running the streets and parks with no home. And you need to believe that because everything works by faith. Everything in the kingdom of heaven works by faith. And so God has called us to start this church, but God has called us to let him empower the church. Not personality, not somebody with hair, not somebody with teeth, but God himself wants to demonstrate what can be happening in a church that takes the city and takes it for Christ. And again, it takes, when Peter got up here and said there was de demonstration of this in, the, in, the, in power and fire, that's what God wants to do. Yes. He wants to burn the dross out of the inner city of St. Paul and replace it with the holiness of the Word of God, the Bible of God, and the demonstration of the Spirit with power. Yes. And it's so important. I'm 78 years old, and God is starting, in a sense, of wanting me, in a sense, of what my calling is and what my purpose is. I'm just a part of the building foundation that will be laid by other workers that come after this initial startup phase. If we do it right, it will be transferred to the next phase, to the next workers, so they'll be more powerful, more anointed to destroy the yoke. Yes. Because it's all about freedom. Actually, this church is designated as freedom fighters to take every area that we uh, choose by God's anointing and God's power. If we'll do it, the demonstrations that will come forth will stun the lost and bring them in so that there's a no, they know that there's God. Amen. In North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis, they know there's anarchy. They know that there's drugs. They know that there's carjackings, but they don't know there's God, and they need to know it by the demonstration of the Spirit in the church so the church benefits for them to come in and we join to them we welcome them this church will be an oasis for the young girl that's being tracked to come in and find a god that loves them no matter what they've done wrong because there's a power to cleanse them it's the power of the blood of jesus christ I cannot, I've been saved 40 years, and I cannot even comprehend what gift it is to me and Mary to step into this place, a designated power by God, through God, and for the demonstration of God to be happening with inside a community that is lost, so to speak, and they need to be found by the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. And you need to pray for our, uh, the anointing, but I believe that the demonstration will be so powerful that people walked out of there delivered from fentanyl, from, from, and it will be instantaneous, it will be full of God, so they're emissaries of the Word of God. Amen. And this poll will be in by word of mouth from individuals, they, you can't believe what happened at the church in East St. Paul. I got delivered from heroin. What God said to me, it won't be a long 
thing to see them delivered. It will be instantaneous. It's so important that we walk in love. This is the mother church. We're a daughter church. That means the mother church is a fluent, a, a flow of information that is necessary to feed this birthing church. We need your prayers, we need your direction, and we were gonna, uh, are counting on the leadership of this church to be an absolute conduit from God with information to us. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. So, once we sign the lease, we need to help. We need to start working down there. We need to start doing some physical labor. So there's going to, I wanted to give you a heads up before all of that starts to happen because you might see some, some information coming across the emails or on the website or on the Facebook or whatever where we just need some help. First thing we need to do is we're going to help the, the person who's in there uh, has some equipment. We need to move that out, do a little painting, a little cleanup, and then we need, we need to move some stuff in. So there's some physical labor coming up in the next couple of weeks. So if you see some information, you know at least you have a, 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 a reference to what it's all about and that's going to be ha happening. Also, there's going to be need for ministry. There's going to be opportunities for ministry, opportunities to be a different part. He has a, a team, a beginning of a team, beginning to pull together. And uh, we have children's ministry already, and there's some office workers and some different things that are going to be going on. But we also need more help. If it's on your heart to be a part of this, in whatever level, it doesn't mean you have, you're leaving this church forever. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're there you know, on Sunday mornings, but maybe you're helping out in other ways. As I've prayed about how that team is to be uh, put together, I keep hearing in the spirit the word dream team or the words dream team, that it's going to be a dream team of people. Well, you know, if, you know, if you're basketball players, a dream team uh, was all the best players from all the best teams coming to make one team. And so what I saw was actually people from all the churches going in for a while, coming out, going in and playing, you know, being a part of what's going on and coming out. And so if, if it's on your heart, please talk to, to Reverend Vernon Mary and just just let them know hey I can help out and for this long in this way how can you know how does that fit and uh, we'll keep working towards that and heading in that direction amen amen all right Linda Linda's going to come up and receive the offering because I, I, I can't do all of the jobs I'm wearing now I'm getting tired so I'm gonna I'm gonna let Linda receive the offering here we're gonna do that now and then I'll introduce you to introduce the special guest speaker this morning thank you pastor John isn't God good well, Vern talked about God wanting to be the shepherd at the church there on the east side of St. Paul. I'm very familiar with it because I used to live in Maplewood. Um, but today, and I, this goes with what he's sharing, I'm going to talk about the shepherd. So some of you might want to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. And the first verse, I'm sure, is familiar with a lot of you. Um, I'm going to turn there myself quickly so that I read it instead of use memory. Because some mornings memory isn't quite as good as other mornings, right? I don't know if I've had enough coffee yet for memory. So the first verse says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that's really what's going to happen in Vernon Mary's church, isn't it? On the east side. Those people are not going to want. God's going to provide everything he, they need. But you know what? The wonderful thing is God provides everything you and I need too. Because he loves us as much as he loves those people. His love is just abundant. And some of the things he provides for us is he provides for our soul, our body, our emotions, when I wrote that one down, I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that's good. Finances, yeah, freedom from fear, belonging. We all yearn for belonging, don't we? A permanent home. And being loved forever. 
I'm sitting there thinking after I read that, Lord, I don't think I forgot anything. But you may think of something that you felt was really important and also applies. So the fact that he provides everything that we need as he provides for us, that gives you and I a desire to give back to God, doesn't it? It gives us a desire to want to serve him in a multitude of ways. But one of the ways that we worship God is we worship him with our finances. That is a very real part of it. And if you remember the rich man, he'd done everything, but he wasn't willing to give of his finances and give it all away like God said. I'm not asking you to give it all away this morning. That's not my goal. But I am asking that you will seek God or you will let God direct you as to what it is you want to give this morning. Now, I've got my check ready, and when service is over, I'm going to pop mine in the box back there, and that's one way to give. Um, Another way to give, and I believe they're going to pop it up on the screen for me quickly because I don't know if my memory bank is still good yet. But I do know that you can drive up to our building Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3. Is that right, Pastor John? Okay. Okay, there it is. Online at rvccinfo backslash donate. And then by mail, 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue North, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. So there is a multitude of ways to give. But I also want to share something with you. This scripture, the 23rd Psalm, of course, is written by David. And he is also the same writer of Psalms 37, verse 25. And I'm going to turn over there just real quickly, as I have about a minute and a half. And that's pretty good for me. I'm usually about a 25-minute person. Um, I have been young, and now I am old. I'm not really old, though. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And you know, as we give to God, he has to give back to us, because we can never outgive God. He's just too big for that to happen, you know? And I'll tell you a little secret. At some point, I'm believing God's going to give me a million dollars. You know why? Because he's got a lot of places for it to go. And I don't plan to keep it. So, and that's one of the secrets of being blessed. Don't hoard it. Give it away. So the next verse I find to be very powerful. And it's right after that verse about not the seed not baking bread. It says, he is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Are you the blessed seed of his? If you are, raise your hand and wave it around so the angels can keep track of you and make sure they get it to the right source. You know, the last time I shared, I had a verse that was incorrect, and right here it fits in perfectly. It's Galatians 3.29, and it talks about the seed of God. So let me go there, and by then my time will be up, and I'll let Pastor John announce our special speaker. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it says, and if you be Christ's, So we're Christ's if we're born again, right? Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, if you don't know what the promise is, then check Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 out, because that's the blessing of Abraham. That was what was promised to them. And if you want to find out what you get to avoid... Check the rest of the chapter, verses 15 through 68. There's a lot of wow things that God allowed Israel to avoid as they served him and loved him. So this morning, I'd like you to take an opportunity, if God leads you, to worship God with your tithe and your offerings as you feel led by him. Praise God.
Father God, we thank you today that you are a merciful God, and we thank you that we are blessed because we are your children. We ask, Father, that you will minister seed to the sower, bread to the eater, and that your word will be powerful today, even as our special speaker comes, Lord, that he'll just wow us. But Father, we ask that these gifts the people give, that they will be blessed in abundance more and more and more, 30 and 60 and 100 fold. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Linda. All right. So now this special speaker, you all know him, and you, but if you've not been here for maybe more than almost two years, it's been a long time. I'm always asking him if he will actually minister, and he always goes, well, i got other stuff to do. And... Uh, <laughs> He, he's not just only the pretty face behind the office, uh, <laughs> praise God. Um, I want to introduce, and no introduction is needed actually, Pastor Greg Ham is going to minister this morning. Let's give him a warm welcome. Can you hear me? Am I on? Sit down. Sit down. That's right. Linda, I'm wowing people. Some people, some people see me get up and they go, wow. <laughs> Other people see me get up here and they go, oh, wow. <laughs> so either way, it doesn't matter. I get asked regularly, hey, when are you preaching? Why, you know, why don't you speak more? And I'm in trouble this morning because I'm speaking. Because I didn't tell my wife. She wasn't pleased when she heard it through the grapevine. But I apologized to her and told her there was a reason for it. Years ago, years ago, I taught an eight-week class on Wednesday nights. Uh, we were working our way through the books of the Bible, and I was teaching the Gospel of John. I did a class on it. And after the first week, my wife lovingly and sweetly asked me if I was going to find somewhere else to spend the rest of the eight weeks. Because I might have stressed out about it just a little bit. So I, I, my goal was to not stress out getting ready for this morning so she wouldn't even know, she couldn't even tell. I'll tell you how, uh, how I did later when we talk about it. But, uh, and, and here's the thing, I talk with people all the time about all sorts of stuff and I do some dang good preaching. I'm just telling you, I, standing at a coffee roaster at uh, you know, one of the other things I do, or out in a parking lot, up, uh, oh, you're one by, there we go, out in a parking lot in front of a football game, uh, you know, or when I answer the phone here in the office, or at home at my kitchen table at 10.30 in the evening, or you know, whenever, wherever, I do some dang good preaching, Amen. but it's about a minute and a half long. <laughs> I, uh, I actually have a degree in communications, my emphasis was radio, uh, and even still decades, <laughs> decades after I signed off of the air for the last time, I'm really okay with fitting anything I have to say within the introduction of a song or, you know, going into the weather before the commercial break. But I'm expected to speak for at least an hour and a half this morning, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? Uh, another part of my problem, I think, is that I don't ever want to stand up here, this is probably the bis biggest part of it, and tell you something that's not right. There, there's, there's pressure that goes with that. He has to do it every week. I'm glad I don't. I just sit at a desk and look pretty, and I do a dang good job at that, too. But I don't even want to say something that's a little bit off, right? And, and it's the same way when I'm talking to somebody on a phone or in front of a coffee roaster, but it just feels different when up here, when, you know, when you're up here. And it's not even having people out here. Because, you know, <laughs> I, I announce at sporting events, you know, and, and there's been hundreds of people there. When I did radio, I did live stuff, and there were tons of people around watching you talk and do your thing. That's not a problem. I got to introduce Coco Taylor one time at this big blues festival that we were doing. It was so cool. Nice lady, great singer. Oh my goodness. Uh, backstage beforehand, the, the people that were running the festival, they were introducing me to her, you know, before I 
I w brought her out on stage, told her I was the radio guy, I was doing the thing, and she said, thank you, baby, you know, or something. <laughs> with, that, with, that, with that beautiful, bluesy Coco Taylor, you know what I'm talking about? If you know Coco Taylor, you know what I'm talking about, and it's just fabulous. So, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> but uh, here's my opinion, and this is my opinion, honestly, uh, my opinion about speaking to you is that you hear me all the time. Seriously, I think so. Every time you look at the website, every time you read a bulletin on the website, read the bathroom ads, I'm in the bathroom constantly. <laughs> uh, when you see a social media post or get a prayer request email or, you know, look at anything around here, that's me. I'm, I'm the one that is, uh, you know, and I try to take most of my personality out of that. But sometimes some of it slips through and then sometimes I just throw in an inside joke that nobody else understands and that's just for my own amusement. <laughs> and every now and then I'll get somebody saying, I saw that, that was pretty good. But no messing around this morning. You gotta listen to me and it's all serious. Strictly business for the rest of the morning, right? I think that's the picture that I put up on the website where we got the staff. I think that's the one I used because I liked it. Let's pray. Father, I don't want it to be me. You know that. I want it to be you, Lord. So use me. Use my voice. Use however goofy I am to be able to say what you want to say to the people listening to me today, all right? Thank you, Father. We love you, and we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so who's the most important person in the building this morning? Obviously, it's me. <laughs> because I'm the one up here, right? Okay, is it him? Jason, the sound guy, says it's him, am I right? <laughs> What about George at the front door? He's important. Uh, you know, the children's minister. I don't even know who's in with the kids this morning. They're important, right? Yes, they are. The nursery worker? Oh, amen. Uh, the ushers. Uh, what about the camera people, right? The people on the cameras? Because, you know, without them, Pedro can't get this out to the live stream to the worldwide audience so my mama can watch. Hi, Mom. How you doing? Love you. She, uh, a lot of times she goes to church and then she gets home and it's about the end of worship time and she pulls up the live stream and then she watches our service too. It's kind of cool. None of these are correct. Obviously, the most important person in the room is my wife. <laughs> She's the most, person, the most important person in any room ever, period. I don't care what you all say. That's just the truth. But you guys had it right, too. The, you know, really, first and foremost, the right answer is the Sunday school answer, right? It's Jesus. Yes, it's true. Paul wrote, uh, he was writing to the Ephesians in uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 19. He said, you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, that structure he's talking about, and he's talking about the household of God, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's Jesus, right? In him you, since you, we, all of us are fellow citizens and members of that household of God, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Surprise! We're all important. Every single one of us, every person in this chair, even people aren't in chairs, people aren't in, people who aren't in, we're all important. We all have a vital part to play. The guy standing up here on a Sunday morning going blah, 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 right? Whoever that is, is not more important than anybody else. They're just more visible, right? Let's go back in time. Do you remember watches? Not, not your phone that tells you the time, because that's what I use all the time. Not the little black screen on your arm that you reply to text messages with, but real watches, mechanical that you had to wind and 
watches. That face with the numbers, the little arrows that go around and, uh, you know, tell you where you are in the passage of time, assuming that it's calibrated properly. That's probably another sermon, right? But uh, a quick story. A couple of weeks ago, I went down and visited my mom. And uh, in the room where I was staying, uh, it's got three or four clocks in it. Uh, one of them had stopped completely. I think it just needed a battery, but, you know, it was dead. Uh, and it didn't matter because really all I did was sleep down there, right? Um, and in the dark, I couldn't see that one, so it didn't matter what it said. But one of them was the digital one with the red numbers. Those are so sweet. I could see it across the room when I'd wake up at night and, uh, and know if it was time to get up or not. But it was off by either... I can't remember if it was 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes. It was off. It was, it was wrong. I can't, I can't remember which direction. Uh, either way, you know, whichever, I never knew for sure what time it was in the middle of the night. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Uh, I'd wake up in the night and in my, my bleary, half eye sleepy, half-consciousness thing, I wouldn't remember if I had to add an hour or take away 45 minutes or what. Here's the stupid part. I never changed it. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't going to get up and change it in the middle of the night when I was trying to figure out what time it was, right? And then I never thought about it during the day because I wasn't in that room at all. So... I did actually reset it the last night I was there, but I reset it to make sure it was an hour slow because it was before the time change. That's right. So, smart, huh? Not just pretty, I'm smart too. But watches, we're talking about watches. I think they're fascinating. I always have. I think they're just so cool. All the movements of the little gears and springs and tabs and doodads, they don't even know what the names of them are. I think it's so cool. Uh, who thought up all that? They had to be like some mad scientist or something. But uh, different, part, different pieces and parts moving in different speeds and, you know, telling what? Some of them go seconds, minutes, hours, daytime, nighttime, days, weeks, months, you know, all in those little gears and goofy stuff. What's the smallest part in a watch? Nobody even knows what it's called, right? It's just, you know, there's tiny little pieces in there. Whatever it is, you probably can't even hardly see. I couldn't see it now. <laughs> You'd have to have a great big magnifying glass to see that. Uh, but the watch isn't going to work without that tiny little piece, is it? It all has to work together. All we see, all we notice, is the part with the numbers and the big and little hands. Uh, and maybe, you know, the band, you, 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 when you had a watch, you had a big fancy band on it, right, to hold it. That's just decorative, though. That's got nothing to do with the actual operation of the what Duct tape would do that, <laughs> right? Just saying. But uh, it all works together. And it needs all the parts. Pastor John's talked about uh, the great team of leaders and ministry heads and everything that takes care of most stuff here well enough on Sundays that basically he just shows up and listens to the Holy Spirit. That's all he's got to do. It's like that's a job, right? <laughs> I don't want his job. He knows that. Then he can get up here and he can ride a unicycle while juggling flaming batons and quote Old Testament big begat scriptures and, you know, whatever he does up here, you know, having those people in place doing what they do definitely makes it easier for him and it helps the church to run effectively, right? It's the same thing in the kingdom of God overall. We're all familiar with Ephesians 4.11. It says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. But that's the... Five-fold ministry, right? The paid Christians, like Brian says. What about, what about the guys that have to be good for nothing, right? That's what he says. 
Let's take a look at Stephen in the book of Acts. What do we remember about Stephen, huh? Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Steve, right? Yep. Don't sing it, not till after Thanksgiving. Uh, what else do we remember? He had a face like an angel, and they stoned him. That's, you know, anything else? That's, you know why they stoned him? Here's my theory. This is my theory. They hauled him in, and I think it was because when he was brought up on fake charges to the Sanhedrin, they asked if it was true, all this stuff they were saying about him, and he talked for 50 verses, giving the whole history of Judaism and finished by calling him names. He could have just said no, right? Nope, that's not true. But no, he took up a whole chapter and didn't ever answer the question. Why was he there facing trial? Let's look at Acts 6. Actually, let's go to chapter 5. We'll look there first. And this is how things were going in Jerusalem. Ready? Starting in verse 12, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. We'll skip down to verse 15. People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Sounds like things were going pretty good in the early church, wasn't it? Then, of course, they get arrested and thrown in jail. God gets them out. They keep on keeping on. They got flogged. They got told to shut up. And then in verse 42, they said, Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Then we'll get to chapter 6. Things were going so well, so smoothly in the early church with people getting along that hipster culturally relevant Jews started to complain to the old school Jews that their widows were being shortchanged in the cafeteria line or something like that it's from the Greg version um, starting in chapter 6 verse 2 says so the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Guess who was one of the guys they picked to be a waiter? It was Stephen, that's right. He was in charge of passing out the food at mealtime, so the hoi polloi, higher up, mucky mucks, wouldn't have to interrupt their walking around having their shadows heal people to have to do it, right? <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Stephen, the lunch light guy, he probably had a hairnet, right? <laughs> Plop the mashed potatoes on the tray like the guy in MASH, right? Remember that scene? <laughs> Got to be old to do that, right? He was the wait. He was the cookie guy after service. He, or or Dennis and his crew mixing up Joe, Gojo lattes and stuff before service, right? Full of God's grace and power, performing great wonders and signs. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But to do that you got to know who you are, where you are in God, right? You have to get that foundation first, and then you do your thing. It's kind of, the kingdom of God's kind of like the military. Uh, Veterans Day was just uh, this past week. Thank you guys very much for your service. Appreciate you helping to take care of our country. All you guys, tell me, before you became a combat engineer, before you were a Cav Scout, a radio operator, a company clerk, before you were a terrain analyst, that's what I was. It was under military intelligence. I'd tell you what I used to do, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> but uh, before you became anything, what were you? I was in the Army, so first and foremost, we were all soldiers. 
flyboys, jarheads, squids, pretty much all the same process, right? The first training you get after the haircut was basic training. You learned how to be a soldier. You learned how to be an airman. You learned the basics, and then you learned how to specialize, right? You might be a pastor, a prophet, an usher, a camera person, a nursery worker, or hand out cookies, but before that, you're a Christian. You're a fellow citizen with the saints and members of the household of God. On top of that, you're a victorious overcomer. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5, you're ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors for Christ. And, like we just read, full of God's grace and power. You're not just a warm body in a seat. You're not just a tither. You're not just a prayer. You're not just a whatever. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too middle-aged. You are all that other stuff that we were just saying. First and foremost, that's what you are. And you've got a job to do. What is it? What's your job? Other than the little, you know, ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliation thing. You know, our job being Jesus, bringing him into your sphere of influence, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Isn't that enough? Sometimes we feel like uh, we're supposed to be doing something more, something greater than where we are. I know people that have to preach something. They just have to. They got to somehow, somewhere... And that's okay. Pastor John's told the story many times about how he knew he was going to be the man. He was going to be in charge, right? But he had to toil away as a subordinate. But faithfully performing his duties. Well, he couldn't know for he couldn't wait to get to where he knew he was supposed to be. But then he got to the point where he almost thought about quitting. He thought about quitting because he couldn't see how God was going to do it without hurting others, right? Now look at him. Uh, every week, you're listening to this guy, and we were joking about it before the service. He's trained as a shop teacher. You guys have seen shop teachers in high school, haven't you? <laughs> Hold up your hands. Yeah. <laughs> He's got all ten. Crazy, huh? It's because he didn't become a shop teacher. <laughs> but he's a trained shop teacher who's full of God's grace and power. He, he's, he's like what they were saying in Acts 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Maybe he's not uneducated, but he's certainly common. <laughs> if, if you know that God has something more for you than what you're doing, what are you doing about it? Are you training? Are you spending time with Jesus? That's important. That's the key right there. And then are you helping where you can? Okay, so maybe you're not up in front of a church all the time, and you think you should be. Well, are you helping out? Or are you just waiting for a chance to do what you think you're supposed to be doing? Just waiting. Waiting. Waiting for that opportunity, right? Doing something makes the time go faster, right? My favorite football team had to play its backup quarterback last week. But he hasn't just been sitting on the bench waiting for Aaron Rodgers to catch COVID. He's been training, studying, learning the same things as the starter, doing the same things as the starter, learning from watching him, you know, running, running the... the Backup team, the, the practice squad, you know, and, and doing stuff, honing his own skills so that he would know how to do it, so he would be able to do it. And when he got his first start last week, guess how it went? Well, he lost, but uh, that wasn't his fault. 
he did okay. You know, if you're a football fan, you can argue about, you know, how he did and whatever, but it wasn't a disaster. He did all right. He was prepared. He was ready. And he wasn't able to handle everything that came at him at the time all at once, but he knew what he was supposed to do. And now with that experience, he can go back and he can practice more. He can work more with the knowledge that he got from that game so that he can be better the next time he has to do his thing. What happens when somebody on a team doesn't do their job and there's no replacement? Stick with football. Last year, the Broncos had to play a game without a quarterback. All their quarterbacks were out. They were all on the COVID list. And they had to play a football game with their, one of their wide receivers playing quarterback. It didn't go well. <laughs> it did not go well at all. So, you know, it's obviously going to go poorly, right? Because they're the quarterback. They, uh, you know, they have the ball every play. They, uh, they touch everything. He's the most important guy out there, right? Who's the least important guy on a football team? Pick somebody on offense. A right guard. How's their right guard? These guys get no respect, right? No spotlight. What happens if the right guard's not there? Can anybody tell me? Yeah, <laughs> there's a huge hole. The whole line is compromised. If somebody tries to fill in, then their spot's open, and, and it just messes everything up. Everything's weaker, and nothing is effective. The play fails, and yes, your quarterback gets crushed, and you scream at the TV. <laughs> the right guard... Yeah, that's right, Linda, shut him up, okay? <laughs> The right guard is vital. He's important even though you might not even know his name. He has to work together with the other players. They're all out there as one unit making sure that all the responsibilities get taken care of to give their team a chance to succeed. They have to do it together. I just heard last week Nathaniel and Redbeard talking on the brand new Circuit Riders podcast. Good job, man. I can't wait to hear the new one. Uh, they were talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think Nathaniel brought it up, talking about the whole body being made up of many parts. Verse 15 says, if the foot should say, behold, I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't be belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. It all has to work together, performing each part's specific function, right? I'm right-handed. I'm extremely right-handed. My left hand is practically worthless. <laughs> I do need it. It can hold a cup of coffee while I do something else with my right hand. Uh, and that's actual vital work, I think. Uh, that's right, Molly. It can also uh, pull in a clutch lever and operate a turn signal. It's very important. Other than that, it just kind of flops around beside me aimlessly, you know, unless I'm, unless I'm typing an A, S, D, or F. <laughs> then I guess it can do that too. But it's got a function, right? It's good at what it does, even though it definitely can feel awfully clumsy and awkward when I try to make it do something outside of that, right? Try to write with my wrong hand. I can't even figure out, my daughter uses her left hand for everything. What's the matter with her? <laughs> She's, she's like mirror of me. Her right hand just flops around aimlessly on her side. You know. But uh, yeah, it, when you try to do something outside what you're supposed to do, that, that makes it look like you can't do anything, doesn't it? But that's not the case. Continuing, 
in 1 Corinthians 12, 24, it says, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Chris Swanson, how many weeks ago was it that you came up and gave your testimony about your broken little finger, right? It affected everything, everything. And she doesn't even have a splint on it anymore, do you? Nice. Praise God. At the time, she had to be careful of it because it was sticking out. And it would definitely hurt. And the rest of her body would notice if it got banged on something, right? The body of Christ is like that. If one part isn't able or just doesn't do what it's supposed to be doing, it affects the whole body. If part of the body does what it's supposed to do, but at the wrong time in the wrong place, the same thing, right? That affects the body. Think about a motorcycle kickstand, okay? It really doesn't do anything while you're riding. Just gets tucked up out of the way. It's underneath getting all dirty and stuff. Nobody looks at it. Nobody thinks about it while you're carving up the twisties, do you? grinding pegs oh yeah but it's important when you're not doing that because when you stop it's there to support everything else all at once without it we'd all be laying our motorcycles down in the grass like a bunch of kids jumping off and dropping your bikes in the yard right and that would cause some problems yes it would when you stop it supports you it's vital on the other side, what happens when a kickstand tries to do its job while you're riding? <laughs> Anybody ever done that? Yes, I have. Look at that, I'm using my left hand, too. <laughs> They've actually got safety features built into motorcycles now so that you can't even ride away if it's not tucked up where it's supposed to be because it sticks out, gets in the way, and it can cause you to crash. Last time I did that out here, I almost laid her down. That was with the old Yamaha. I miss that bike. We all have a job to do. We all need to do our jobs. We all need to do our jobs at the right time in the right situation. Fortunately, we've got God directing all this to make it all work together. Making it do what he wants as he wills, right? Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being if we truly listen and obey everything in his plan will be accomplished it's all going to come together it's time to go i've got one last thought and it's a nerd alert okay i'm kind of a nerd i have some tendencies anybody familiar with isaac asimov he was a okay there's a couple uh, apple tv has adapted his foundation series into a tv show and since I'm kind of a geek, I started watching it. And in the story, the galactic society is starting to collapse. It still looks good to a casual observer, like everything's going okay, but it's not. The government's failing. The empire refuses to see that as truth. And one guy figured out mathematically how to show this and how to predict the future using group dynamics and, you know, whatever, math geek stuff. I'm not that kind of geek. Uh, and, and he says, basically, it's already over. It's over. He said it, it was over, and uh, nothing can be done to stop it. But the coming dark ages, think, think the dark ages in space, right, uh, can be shortened by thousands of years if they build a database of knowledge that can be used to rebuild society after the fall and instead of having to rediscover everything from scratch, it's all there, right? Well, the rulers didn't want him telling people that they were going to fall, so, you know, they say, yeah, you go do your thing, and they kind of basically banished him to the edge of the galaxy and then he leaves the government alone and stops making people dissatisfied and whatever. So along the way, Here's where I'm getting to. He's talking with the people that are going there with him. They're headed away from civilization. And he's asked if he thinks they're going to succeed. And his answer was fantastic. This is where I'm getting to. He said, it's going to be a long journey. We face challenges and many more will follow. 
but I am confident in the success of our endeavor. The principal reason for that is you, the people he's talking to. He said, I approved the passenger manifest. I approved every single person on this ship, each and every name on it. A hundred years from now, even a thousand, your names will be memorialized. The believers who threw their name in with an eccentric that pinned the fate of the galaxy on the back of a theorem so abstract, well, it might as well have been a prayer. And it won't matter what you did, whether you worked as an ultrasound scrub or a heat exchange engineer or here in the laundry, because that prayer can't endure without people like you, without you. And when I saw that, I'm like, wow. That was good, and it's not religious in any way, believe me. Don't go looking for the show thinking there's great spiritual depth in it, because there's not. <laughs> but that, when I heard that, is like, I took notes. I said, that, that's good. You are vital in the kingdom of God. Whether you think you're a little toe, or a spleen, or an eye, or whatever, you matter. What you do is important so let's do it whatever you're supposed to be doing listen and do what he tells you to do okay all of us together as a team all the churches are one church rvfm is just one part of the worldwide kingdom of heaven that's got nothing to do with I tell people all the time when they come and talk to us and they, you know, I say, yeah, come visit, you know, if you want. If this is where God wants you, we want you to be here. If it's not, we love you. God bless you, but go where he wants you to be. We think we're pretty good, but it's only pretty good if you're not where God wants you to be. Okay? All of us, do our thing. All of us, do our thing. together and God's kingdom is going to move forward right as one body as one kingdom father that's our goal that's our desire Lord to further your kingdom and we're here whatever it is Lord help us to be prepared help us to know when where how what why you want us to do father and help us to do it. Do it to the best of our ability and then even better with your help, Father, because you're going to bless our efforts if we're doing what you want us to do. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We love you. And we'll try to hear your voice this week and do exactly what you want us to do, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.